fan morning show, Sports at 590 the fan, Brad Gunning. How are you at making decisions? Like, what do, would Terrible. you say that it's like <laughs> no. a strong point for you that you like to do it? No. You, in your life, absolutely. you're like, ooh, a decision. Nope. Delicious. No, absolutely not. Uh, if there's a fork in the road, I'm going to sit there. Oh. Just like, oh, if only there were a stream that could decide for me which side of this fork I need to go down. Yeah. Yeah. You're, terrible. You're Yogi Berra. If there's a fork in the road, take it. No, oh, is that is that one of his? Yeah. Okay, great. Because it makes no sense. It, of, of course it would be one of his. And of course you'd have that off the, the tip of your tongue. No, I'm not not good at it. Not decisive. Love to hum and haw. Need to buy winter tires right now. And I just like was looking at them yesterday and I'm like, I don't know, there's too many options. What? Why can't there be one? Like this yeah. is the tire. And I know like price points, different things. I, I understand. That one's easy to me. That is just like the cheapest one that's not going to fall apart. Like the, the cheapest. Yeah. Okay. So what? They're going to sell you winter tires that, that collapse on themselves. The ones with the best review with the lowest price. That one's an easy one. No, see, when there's, see, e- but that's when there's I mean. information even, I can take even in that, and use. Even that's too hard because I'm like, ah, but some guy, I'm going to read a comment and some guy's going to be like, ah, my axle exploded. And I'm going to be like, oh my God, that sounds bad. So no, no just... To answer the question in as roundabout a way as humanly possible, no, not good at it. I, you, me, neither. No, no, I'm not. And it's better why, than me, though, as we ju- as we literally just discovered. Yeah, yeah, I guess <laughs> for certain things where I can actually just like parse the information, and there's like an obvious correct answer. Like there's a correct choice to be made. And in the case of the snow tires, I believe there actually is a All correct right. choice well, to be I know made. what we're doing in the break on the show today. Yeah, I'll do, I'll, I'll You'll make do that the research for me. Thank no, you. I won't do that. You present me with the research and I can tell you which one you should choose. But <laughs> for other like more nebulous decisions, mm. oh, it's tough. I really hate it. And it's why I think, not that anyone's ever asking, but it's, it's why I could never see myself in like a, an executive position at any level, mm. whether that's like at the top of a pro sports team or whether it's the top of an organization. I just, I couldn't, I can't do it. Now, I have told you, I think you would be exceptional talker for someone who does make the decisions. Like we talked about this in the the aftermath of the Ross Atkins or the Jerry DePoto. You going out there, head of hair, face, speaking (laughs) words, great. Decision making. (laughs) Eyebrows, yeah. Ears, nose, mouth, toes, belly button. You're handsome. That's all I'm trying to tell you, buddy. Thanks, bud. (laughs) Yeah, but then you talked about your belly button, and now I'm disgusted, quite frankly. <laughs> Anyways, this is all prelude to say. Yeah, I figured where you're going with this. Um, this Raptors team, it'd be tough for me? Oh, not me. Okay, so they did the thing, and I mentioned during the Wake and Rake, like, yeah. this is what they do. This is what every you time did. you think you're out, they pull you back in, right? They snapped the Suns' seven-game winning streak. Kevin Durant returns after a two-game absence. He's having like, one of the best seasons mm-hmm. of his entire career and playing a bunch of games, too, uh, despite being an advanced-aged, uh, shooting over 50% from three going into that game. Raptors playing on the third, uh, playing their third game in four nights, mm-hmm. back end of back-to-backs after they arrived at four in the morning the previous yep. night. And, of course, yeah, what do they do? They win <laughs> against the Phoenix Suns. Um, there is a part of me, and I'll be honest here. Yeah. There's a part of me that I wish they made it more obvious, where it's just like, oh, they're horrible. Like they're they're just instead of nine and ten, they're whatever, two and seventeen. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, clearly you gotta just 
clean the decks mm-hmm. or clear the decks here. Yeah. Uh, they're you not going to do them while you're doing it. You can clean them and after clear they're clear. I think actually after you clear them, you should clean them. Definitely. When are they going to be that? When's it going to be that it's easy, easy to clean exactly. again? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish that they made the decision making easier. They're not going to do that. Mm-mm. Okay. So the people in charge have to be better than me. And they have to make the decision that is difficult to do because you're like, oh, man, every once in a while, look at them. They just mm-hmm. knocked off the, yeah. the Mavericks no, on totally. the road. Definitely. They won against a team that's at the top of the Western Conference game one of the season. And I, I think part of it was that it was game one of the season, Minnesota Timberwolves. And we didn't realize that that was going to be a team that was competing at the top of the Western Conference. Yeah. But and they've come back against teams that they've trailed by 20 points. Well, holy cow. Like mm-hmm. on occasion, you're like, no, man. It could all be here, but you have to be better than me, mm-hmm. and you have to make the hard decisions. This team is not going to make it easy on the people at the tippy top of the org chart. I'm sorry. No, they're not, but I also think that we have enough body of work to realize what this team is. If you're not, like, there is nothing you're going to see this season, I believe, that changes the decision about whether experience extending Pascal Siakam and going into the luxury tax for this team makes any sense. I've said it before. They are the weather vane team. They're going to come out in the next, I don't know, week or so and have an embarrassing loss where we have the exact opposite show about them because this is who they are. And the reason for that is they, again, and feel free on any given night who this is a slight to, they have two and a half great players in Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi and Scotty Barnes. And then a supporting cast with guys who are capable, but cannot be counted on night in and night out. So even if, even if you're as bullish as you could possibly be on this team, they certainly need more help to do anything of consequence. And you're not going to go out and do that for this group. So what is the point of just riding out this mushy middle and I'd feel differently about it if Scotty Barnes was 27 years old and he's kind of baked into what he is and you say all right you know what let's ride out the mushy middle for a couple of years let's have a few seasons where you can hope to be a playoff team and win a playoff round because sometimes we do get too you know outside of the thinking that that's not a valuable thing or that Mm -hmm. can't be a fun ride but when you have a guy here in Scotty Barnes, who you need to be smart about the way you build this thing up around him. You need to be smart with timelines. I, I, even me, the guy who can't make a decision to save his life, looks at this one and goes, it's kind of easy. It might not be easy to pull the trigger because you see nights like last night. You see nights, to your Mm -hmm. point, like the Mavericks game, like the Timberwolves game to start off the season. But we don't get to forget all the other games we've seen this team against the also-rans. So that's the way I look at it is just you've already, you know, maybe, maybe if they and they wouldn't have Yaka Pearl if this was the case and that doesn't change, you know, a ton, but it changes a few things. Maybe if they had their own first pick this year, first rounder, and it wasn't tied up in protection and then next year's isn't tied up because of the protections, maybe you could talk yourself into making a, you know, basketball trade for a player that's more on the timeline of Barnes, but because you've already sent out a pick for that, that's the problem. That guy is Pirtle. That trade you already made, and I don't know that it's the one you needed to. So that's the way I look at it. Is you've got it. You still, you still have to trade Pascal Siakam, and then this is where you know relationship to the player, understanding what he wants, understanding you know how likely it is to come back. If you can or you think you can sign OG, 
I understand holding on to that one. That one makes sense. But Pascal Siakam, what are we doing here? So you think it's an easy decision? I actually do. This mm-hmm. one I think is pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe straightforward is making it too binary, but I think it's. I think that this team has given you, you enough know, evidence, I, and I don't I just agree. mean this version. Like, go back to last year, we I saw agree. a similar team with. I mean, I don't know, possibly a better coach, like mm-hmm. the, the yeah. Sixers. Six, I think it's, it's six and one and a half dozen the other. Like, well, I think Darko Ryakovich. Some more win now, coach. You could say that about Nurse have, for sure. Yeah, I think he's going to have a long NBA Agreed. career. He doesn't have the bona fides of a guy that, you know, stepped into the big chair and immediately won a championship. Now, granted, he had the tools, yep. but it was like Nick Nurse gets credit for of course. boxing one. and Forever. Boy, it was hard not to think of Kevin Durant, who, like, missed shots that oh, I'm yeah. not used to seeing him miss in that fourth quarter. But, yeah, again, thinking about what that 2019 finals looks like. I know you're talking. Kevin um, no, the, no, that definitely would win even with Kevin. <laughs> of course not. Do we... Do you th- does it feel awkward when he's in there? Like, I know that's what you're referencing there. I do wonder in the building, because it's like, I can't do that that topic of like, oh, these disgusting Toronto sports fans mm. realizing they could win a title for a team they never in a billion years would have dreamed. How dare they? Mm. I can't do that. But oh, I do. with them when they cheered when he went yeah. down? Like, uh, duh, obviously. It's like, it's not good. Oh, yeah, we won the title. Yeah. It's, yeah. Obviously. Hard. Of course. He's not dead. It like, was, he hurt his leg. This isn't a JFK situation. <laughs> And guess what? If it was, be a few people cheering in there, okay? The, the that I that's the thing I do wonder about. It is like in that building, is it weird when he's in attendance? Different team, different circumstances. And honestly, it's like just this is a bigger topic in and of itself, but it's just like Kevin Durant. Like there's no I shouldn't say there's no, but he is one of the most, you know, like it's everyone has their feelings about Kevin Durant and what he did and his legacy and, you know, how it holds up. So, yeah, just I I do wonder what the feeling is in in that in the building when he's back, both for the fans and for him as well. It was great to see him back. He's only missed two games this season, right? And like there's the the Suns don't have to bring him back. I, I, I do like it did feel like in maybe previous years we wouldn't have seen Kevin Durant in that basketball game, but it does feel like there has been at least a little bit of a buy-in from yep. teams around the NBA on this this renewed focus on yeah. the stars playing, right? Like, yeah, he doesn't need to play. They've won seven straight. Mm-hmm. It was great to see him in the fourth quarter. Devin Booker, you know, gets hurt in the game. He comes back yep. and, and plays in the game. It was great to great to see those guys. Lastly, there's a couple more things I want to get to out of this game or like oh, Raptors can I just overall. one just quickly one yeah. more on on Durant there. I do I'm so conflicted on him because like I will never and this sounds ridiculous for a you know a grown man with like a mortgage and a child and and also not caring about Oklahoma City, but I like I'll never forgive him for going to the Thunder or sorry, to the to the Warriors. Like it's just it's always going to be a part of the legacy. But I do wonder how that changes, what the feeling, like it's different, of course, this one, if he gets it with the Suns team. Uh, But yeah, I would love to, like, even though I feel how I feel about everything that happened with the Warriors and him going in the super team and it effectively, I don't know, in hindsight, maybe not, but ruining the NBA for for a handful of years, I would love to see him get one with the the Suns this year. I had that thought last night. I I mean, injuries are a big part of it. but boy, you look at his size, his yeah. shooting ability, oh. and like it's it's MJ and it's LeBron, but it's like in one game, everybody healthy, oh. and you need a bucket. Well, that's the thing. He is he is maybe in a like you said in a sport where we immediately just go MJ LeBron one two and like whatever order you want. Everyone who's heard me knows my order, but. It's like just scoring, just you got to get a bucket. It's he's well, like so. The reason we're like, oh, Wemby, the yeah. ceiling is yeah, it's because of that. 
The it's roof like, is the ceiling. What did what did Jordan say? Oh yeah, yeah. The ceiling, <laughs> the is, ceiling the roof. is the roof. Anyways, the reason we say that is because he's seven foot five and he can shoot, and yeah. like that's literally unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, the previous just taller, incarnation just taller was taller Durant. That, yeah. yeah, Kevin Durant is seven feet tall, and also like is is. I mean, he actually is the shooter that yeah. we think Victor Webanyama can be. Yep. He's not quite that yet, but. No, yeah. that's that's unstoppable. No, I know it's uh, and it's good to see him healthy. Like and like you said, playing games like good man. Also, quickly, Adam Silver. This guy was eating it for a while yeah. there. Like players mad at him at the bubble. It felt like, eh, maybe we need David Stern's evil hand back on the wheel here. Mm. He's crushing it right now. It's like you mentioned it. Stars are playing the NBA tournament. Everybody's loving it. I have my, you know, I have my issues I can quibble with. Every league does, but yeah, yeah talking feels... about November regular season games. Honestly, well done, Adam Silver. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I generally do agree. Again, I'm Mister Difficult to, mm-hmm. to make decisions. I generally agree that the decision making has already taken place, and there's not much that can change that. But that being said, the trade deadline is so. Long away. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning of February. Yeah. Right. You're telling me that if this team rattles off an eight or a nine game winning streak or does what the. No, that's not going to happen. I'm just going to tell you that. This Raptors team, I'd, I refuse is maybe too strong of a term. I have a very, very hard time believing this group playing consistently happen. good basketball for effectively three weeks straight because that's what an eight or nine yeah, game winning streak looks like. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, it's not like they have a murderer's row of, of opponents coming up. That's they the got... problem. They need a murderer's row of <laughs> yeah. opponents. Well, that's, yeah. You know what? Maybe, that again, the, the leaf parallel yeah. of it all where they like, ah, every time you think they're the, you know, they're the worst yeah. version of themselves, they come Godfather out and show the, yeah. the best version of themselves. It's I do think that there's something to... Yeah, you look at the other side of the court and there's future Hall of Famer mm-hmm. Kevin Durant and championship title contender the Phoenix Suns and that gets your attention. So this this team does certainly play up to its opponents. Um Drake shows up for the opponents as well. He was in attendance Shocker. yesterday. And and I do I mean, hey, I think there's part of that as well that like Scotty Barnes, OG like, Ananobi, yeah, Pascal Siakam want to perform well, in front of him. Especially Scotty. Like it's all still kind of new for him. Not the NBA, but like the fact that Drake is there, that's all still kind of kind of new from him there. Yeah, I uh it was interesting to see him, but maybe it shouldn't have been surprising considering yeah. his relationship with Kevin Durant and we saw him dapping up uh Devin Booker before the game. Yeah, it was a big Kentucky guy. So he, <laughs> we all remember that picture of Drake just, just sitting that. there like he's on the team. It's hilarious. Didn't he also yeah, like, oh, yeah, he went the layup he, line? Yeah, in like midnight madness that they do down there to like <laughs> unveil all the amazing recruits they have every year. And it's like there's Drake. I guess I, who I just I have to add is doing exactly what I would do. Yeah. Like if I was just so it's not just the I'm rich part, but it's that also revered by the people you revere. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, yeah, if I'm rich, I would go watch every golf tournament every week and like go join a sick club and like, oh, can I be a member at Bears Club down? Like, yeah, I do I try. But guess what? They'd be like, I don't care about you. Mm-hmm. Whereas Drake, it's like two-way street. I, it's just exactly what I would do. I can never knock him for it. And the 
the means, whatever about the means, but the the the, the result is they won a title with Drake as the global ambassador, yes. right? Right, and I I I guess you can't argue with his tenure. I, I really wish we had just a two second snippet of his. We created this. We started this before everybody was here. This never happened yeah. at the square after. Just an he insane gets, rant by him. Of yeah, all. yeah, it's great. Yeah, him taking credit, and certainly he was a visible <laughs> character, and I, I was part of. Putting the Raptors on the map, I suppose, but like, what has he really done? Like, I, I really did anticipate him doing something. Couldn't even retain the guy that won the Finals well, MVP okay, in free okay. agency. Kevin Durant's his good buddy. He's shouting him out at a concert yep. in the summer. Yeah, can't bring him in. No, like your franchise needs you, Drake. At at this trying moment mm. in which you know we're at a hinge point. In this franchise's history. You're saying he needs to go to Masai and say, you got to trade Pascal, man. No, oh, you want the other way. Okay. I, I I, mean, maybe he needs to put the bug in Joel Embiid's ear. I mean, it's hard to I'm imagine that now, that. considering yeah. that the, the Sixers are, are good now that yeah. they've gotten rid of James Harden and they have a legitimate head coach. But, mm-hmm. yeah, bring in the star. Go yeah, out the- and, and convince Victor Webanyama that, that you, you can't play under Greg Popovich. Do something. Kyle Dubas, better recruiter than Drake, uh, who, who knew it. I... I do get to what you're getting at to a certain extent. I wonder if if it was literally any other star player that got traded here and had the experience, if Drake could have put the sell on him. Like, yeah. Does, honest, Drake, just, does uh, Kawhi listen to music? It's a, Well, he was in a Drake music video. Like, that's the other part of this is like <laughs> Kawhi, I, I believe after leaving, I'm trying to remember the timelines of this, but it's like he was in a Drake music video after leaving. So... I mean, maybe he does. Maybe he cares. Maybe he just thinks it's all very funny. I like it would be interesting to your point. The relationship with Durant, like that, was not going to happen. You know, there were no timelines that lined up. But if they would have been able, because it's one thing to, you know, you're Drake, you're pitching a free agent and coming here. But it's a completely different thing if you're traded here and you're forced to play here for the year, like Kawhi was. And then you know, maybe there's buy-in. You could sell him on it. Yeah, it would be interesting if it was literally anybody else, but it's tough to imagine Kawhi going, this is this is what it would sound like. This is so cool to meet Drake. Mm. I'm still going to L.A. <laughs> I, yeah. Again, they won a title, and, and Drake was part of, I guess, returning the Raptors franchise to Here, legitimacy. Here's what I will say about, to to your point a bit, though, is if he's going to be the global ambassador, and that's, mm. like, that's great, and he is, you got to... And I'm not saying he doesn't always, and it's like, you know, I get it, busy guy. But you got to show face occasionally for, like, a Bobcat's bad team because he would love to see LaMelo Ball, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like those two would have a ton in common. But you got to show up for, like, a Tuesday also rand occasionally. Mm-hmm. And I know, he gets on the mic and he's chatting. going to be here he's- for, for uh, tomorrow uh, at home against the Knicks? I mean, I'll tell you, like, it feels like next Wednesday against the Heat for sure. Feels very in play. Although just as likely he's down in Miami for, yeah. for reasons. Like, I I think it's, you You got to understand what it is. It's a guy who adds some relevance to the franchise at the time when it needed it. And now that it's not. Like he, so now it's just like it. job done. Like kind of washes his hands. Like oh, I did so it. I you, did it. If you just, if you just like paid Drake like whatever he, whatever the partnership is to be attached to the brand. And he wasn't the global ambassador. It's like, I, I just look at it as like, yeah, that's all you want is him being associated with you. The Leafs, quite frankly, would probably die for 
that association. Oh, I don't they think, have the Bieber Association. Yeah, it's you don't not think in, they'd love to. You don't think they'd love to see Drake at their games Drake too? Drake has worn some yeah, Leafs course, jerseys. Yeah, of course he has, but it's not okay. To, but like, it's also it's not a different same, right? sport, right? Like, like if he's in a a box, you no, know, you're right. hundreds well, of feet away. Be from, a man of the people. Bieber's not in the box when he goes all the time. Is he's, he not? He's been in. There have been like times where he's been spotted just like in the crowd. Yeah, it's weird. I know, but yeah, really? Yeah, there are other times in the box. Of and course, he's not getting mobbed. I guess not. I don't know. Well, he remember because he was wearing this like. It was like the most like I'm gonna dress ridiculous and people mm. are gonna go wow that guy looks like just it was like almost like I'm gonna dress so much like myself oh, that people I will do. assume it's he not was wearing me. a hoodie he had like alien glasses on yes. and everything yeah so I do I do feel like I, I'm sure the move more times than not is up in the suite with friends and family whatever but yeah I I, I do recall him being among among not the to people. go too far afield here but do we yeah. think Chris Pronger <laughs> has the 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 picture of him hitting Justin Bieber into the glass, like blown up and framed in his house. He definitely has it on his phone, but he better have it blown up and framed on his house. I almost want it blown up and framed in my house. It's one you of my favorite what? pictures. It's so He kind of looked like Mitch Marner with the cage he on. He really did. He really did. <laughs> All right. If I was Chris Pronger, uh, Sports Interaction Bud, him and him and Mitch Marner doing the commercials, I'd be just texting him that this could be you any day, pal. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Mitch Marner... Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs play the Kraken tonight. Let's get a Kraken. Scotiabank uh, Arena as they try to build off. By the way, still don't feel like a real team. I know they've been in the league for a few Mm -hmm. years. I know they made like, you know, a nice playoff run. Still like, okay, sure. Kraken. And and a nice sports market there. And what what is the name of their arena? It's like, hey, Climate Pledge. Climate Pledge Arena. Is that a real company or is it just like we're making a pledge to the climate thing? All right. And I will say, I know, I know, uh, all of the hockey world is against me on this, but something about my sensibilities. I don't, I don't like teal in an NHL jersey. I'm not a big fan. I don't like it. The Sharks teal is different. I'll allow it, but it's the this, exact same teal. No, the Krakens is lighter. It's more like a robin's egg than a teal, I guess, and I hate it. So I just just wanted to preface I had, I had no our problem. conversation with that. I, have no I do problem. think they nailed the Winter Classic jerseys. They got leaked, though. Those are nice. Yeah. It's been our sartorial preview of tonight's game. Your sartorial. You don't have any comments? No, I don't really You're good. care about I Honestly, I don't think about the Kraken at all. Well, this is kind of what I'm saying. Like they just still don't feel real. Uh, they'll be real tonight, though. Yeah, well, for sure. When we they all know play how this is going. the Toronto Maple Leafs, still in search of that elusive sixth regulation win. <laughs> is that like a big marker for you specifically? <laughs> it's just hilarious, man. Uh, how few wins in regulation this team has. I actually think the funniest part about it is that they had not a power play at the end of regulation the other night. They had a four-minute mm-hmm. power play, mm-hmm. and they just immediately went into. We have a 30-minute power play mode. Oh, they were yeah. just passing that thing around the edges. There was no urgency. Oh, no, there was urgency to make a change with five seconds right. left in regulation. A lot of ur- and the ur- uh, urgency from, uh, from, from the Panthers bench uh, calling it out as well. Anywho, uh, Leafs and Kraken tonight. Here's a, a little clip from Sheldon Keefe mm. yesterday talking about the lack of 60-minute victories for this hockey team. I think you look at the number of games that have gone to overtime and shootout for us, um, that shows a couple things. We've been unable to put teams away. Teams have also been unable to put us away. We're right there. It's a matter of a little bit better execution, less mistakes, and then all of a sudden we're on the right side of all these games because we're we're right there despite the fact that we haven't we haven't put it all together here yet. I think when uh, it comes together, we're going to get on the right side of these things and we'll get rolling. But um, 
from the coaches all the way uh, through our group. Um, we have got a, you know, we turn it turn past 20, uh, 20 games here now. We, we've got to make these things happen. And now more than ever with the injuries we have on defense. All right. So there's, uh, again, lipstick on the pig. They're right there. They are, they're right there. Okay. They're, it's just a couple of tweaks away. And we are talking about this team. Mm-hmm. Looking like it, it's supposed to. So yesterday, you know, I responded directly to one of the texters in the text line about the negativity mm, and, you, you know, like the way I perceive this team through now 20 games this season. And if you thought yesterday was bad, <laughs> folks. <laughs> so I've been thinking about that and like how to uh, approach how we talk about this team. Mm-hmm. Right now. I've decided. Got in your head, nameless texter. <laughs> I've decided that I'm going to go full on. That like there is. An incorrect and a correct way to talk mm. about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. And I have the correct way okay. to talk about the Toronto Maple I Leafs. I got to be honest. I think I'm the arbiter of that, but I want to <laughs> hear your your potentially correct opinion. Okay. The correct view is like, obviously, it's not a disaster. And obviously, it's not just because they have barely more uh, regulation wins than the Sharks and the yeah, Blue Jackets. Yeah. Like, that's not what we're talking about here with this Leafs just team. Like, you, but yeah. No, no, no. It's just hilarious. Right? Like that is, a, that is a funny point of comparison that, yeah, they're, they're right comical. there among the worst teams in the entire National Hockey League in regulation wins. Yep. They're obviously not that. Mm-hmm. And they'll be in the playoffs. But my God, barring some complete upheaval mm-hmm. at the trade deadline and a lot of attention being paid to what is... A blue line with, like, one... You want to talk about two and a half good players yeah. on the Raptors team? There's one and a half reliable defensemen on this blue line for me. It's Morgan Riley, who I think we know who he is, and, like, TJ Brody, maybe, mm-hmm. but, like, we saw it in the postseason. We've even seen it in recent games when mm-hmm. he's been asked to do so much more. And, well, I guess Jake McCabe has looked better since he came back. Mm-hmm. But he, And then what? Uh, unless there's a complete overhauling of the blue line, there's no reason to expect or believe that this team has a long playoff run in it, which is insane as we approach the 10 year mark on this core. Okay. So I don't know. You're not, that's, that's the correct take. Well, by the you're way. not completely wrong. There are some, there were some nuggets of correctness in there. I'll, I'll give you the actual correct take in terms of what Sheldon Keefe had to say. It would sound a little different, but you could get a very similar a speech from probably 10 other coaches in the NHL this year. It wouldn't all be about overtime wins. It would be about, oh, well, you look at our power play, and if we add this, or you look at our special teams, it would be that. This is what it looks like when the league is, you know, the NHL has always had parity. But there's also been a pretty, like, the cream rises to the top. There's usually been a pretty dense pack of cream in the NHL. Like, there's been some teams that are up at the top. You got your Kings. You got, like, your Rangers. The teams that you expect to win that you look at and say, I think the difference is is that that group is much smaller this year. And, you know, I think you brought this up to Frank, the idea of, do teams look at it more in an NBA sense of there's really two or three teams who can win or do we still look at it like it's the NHL? And if you get in and you get a goalie and you get some saves, you have a chance to go on a run. And I still think given the nature of playoff hockey, I don't think this is the NBA all of a sudden where only five teams can win the Stanley cup. I don't look at it that way. Now, if you give me those five teams versus the field, am I going to take them? 
Probably, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. So if that's your belief, yeah, maybe. And, and and listen, who thought that the Panthers would get all the way to the cup final mm-hmm. a season ago, right? And yep. they did it on the strength of some incredible goaltending, yep. but also a core that seemed more conducive to playing a playoff style. For sure. A uh, brand of hockey so, than this Leafs team. But yeah, if 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 that's what you believe, then, the then you believe that the Leafs, like, because sometimes sports makes no sense that like maybe no, no, that's not maybe one of the worst versions of themselves over the last decade is going to go on this run, which is like, hey, I don't hey, the six game series against the Lightning last year, not the best no. six games they ever put forth in in a, a first round series yep. against them. And they want so like if that's your argument, I'm here for it. Now that sports make no sense no, no. and that hockey makes no sense and that the Leafs no, no, just no. be just when you think you're out, they pull you back in by which I mean the least expected postseason no. run is about to take place. That is not Is exact, that what you're saying? That is not exactly what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that again, I think that there is just a bigger swath of middle teams in the NHL than we've had in years past. So it's going to be, I think it is more likely this year than in years past that it is a team that we don't look at as a perfect hockey team or a big, you know, like we we think of those Golden Knights as a team with just no holes, perfect Mm -hmm. up and down the lineup. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be a team like that that comes through. Now, in terms of the changes that need to happen to this group, because I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, this group is perfectly is perfectly constituted. But I'm also going to tell you that you make one or two tweaks, and it's not perfect, but it all makes a ton of sense. It really does to me. Okay, so I two just, defensemen. No, no. Here's the way. Here's the way I look at it. Okay, so I I look at all the players that are playing for this team right now, and I just give you a you can play with it. That you can win with this guy where he is. You can win with this guy, and he needs to be in a slightly different spot, or. You just can't count on this guy for the round of playoffs. So that means up front, the only guy I have is like hard out is Nick Robertson. Feel free to prove me wrong over the the bulk of the season here. Uh, Sheldon Keefe, I think, believes. Yeah, I think he that's, believes it too. Exactly. I think Brad for Living might also, might believe it when he tries to talk some team into the twenty two year old who could shoot it kind of in the net. Max Domi up the middle. So, is so something that's not going to be so a, this is, a deal so, in April. So I wrote there. He's a question mark guy for me because I I think Max Domi can be on a playoff team's roster. Of course, we just saw with the Dallas Stars. 100%. Cannot be the 3C. No. So, okay, there's one thing you need to take care of. Now, we can have the argument about if it needs to be a 3C or a 4C or be doing the David Camp thing. I actually think that's a fair argument to have on the blue line, which is where everyone has their question marks, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm with you on Moe and Brody. I think right there is collectively one and a half Good to great defenseman, quite honestly. I do think that. The best version of Morgan Riley, especially, we can't we Play can't off, have well. all the conversation we had last year and just forget like that's no longer a thing. The TJ Brody longer in the tooth, fair worry to have. Like it is a fair worry to have. But if he's in your top four, I'm good with that. Like I'm good with TJ Brody in my top four. Jake McCabe and Timothy Lilligren. I am good with both of them, not together. And you need to find partners for them. That's the problem here. You got Mo and Brody. You have McCabe and Lilligren, who, again, I think McCabe and Lilligren can play on a playoff defense core. Do you want them as your two, three, or your three, four, your two, three? Absolutely not. But we have seen guys like Jake McCabe with snarl, with bite, who can eventually, with a better partner, and this is the important part of it, a consistent partner, because we always talk about flipping the forwards, but the D's been jambled, or been jumbled and jambled and slap chopped every kind of way. Okay? <laughs> But I think 
Jake McCabe is a guy that can totally you could totally win with with the right partner. And I think Timothy Lilligren, there is very much still a question mark there. But I think that's a player who has made strides. And I think when he comes back, you see a better version of him in your con. So I so really what I think you're looking at here is you need to add one defenseman of note. You need your Jake Muzzin trade. Yeah. You would ideally like one more guy to kind of push all those also rands down. Your Geo, your Benoit, your Lagason. And by the way, kind of sneaky like Lagason. Mm-hmm. Okay. And no, I'm those not, listen, everybody seven, eight, loves nine. everybody loves a guy with no expectations exactly. who's not horrible. No, and that's the thing, right? So it's like, can William Lagason be your seventh defenseman? Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. Okay, so what are you looking at? You're looking at a center up front, and we can quibble about whether that should be a 3C or a 4C. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair debate to have. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at your Jake, your Jake Muzzin trade. And I'm not sitting here and telling you that's easy to do, but you were the guy yesterday, to, or I think it was you telling me, just because it's, ha- it's hard doesn't mean you can't do it. What was I? Yeah, that was me, but what was I referencing? I don't know. You're it pro- wasn't on the I air, mean, I don't think. Okay, well, I was complaining about something, probably. <laughs> so it's not surprising <laughs> that you would you would tell me that. Just because it's hard doesn't mean I can't yeah. do it. Maybe one day I'll listen so to people a, telling you me need that. You need a top top nine centerman, and you need Ma- a top I, four I, defenseman. I can hear the argument that David Camp can be your third line center with Callie Yarncroft, and if it's Max Domi being the like offensive punch there. I don't actually love the way those three pieces, but like. You could try that out and see how that goes. Mm. Maybe you need a four C. Maybe you need a three C. So yeah, sure. Let's let's say it's a top nine. Because why would you want to? Why would you want to go add another thirteenth forward? So sure, a top nine forward. And really, we're talking about a third line center, which don't grow on trees, but isn't. Mm. You know, again, like two years ago. You know, and I know he's gone on cup runs, but it's like Chandler Stevenson was not anybody. We were all sitting here going, "That's your number mm. one center on a cup champ." Okay. And the Leafs have that. It's so much easier to find those guys that are your third-line center, your fourth-line mucker, than it is your Austin Matthews, your Mitch Marner, your John Tavares. So I'm not sitting here and telling you this is a perfect hockey team, but with one or two good trades, and again, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you can still find a way to do it. With one or two trades, I really think this team is all of a sudden not, ooh, we feel a little differently about it. All of a sudden, they are right in the pack of cream. Yeah, it's it's is it going to be as good as it was at last year's trade deadline where they added I mean the perfect guy in Ryan O'Reilly and what turned out Achari, to be yeah. the 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 perfect guy in Luke Shen alongside Morgan Riley like it just I I have a tough time squinting and seeing and prove me wrong, Brad, for living at the deadline. Things going wow. as well as they did at last year's deadline. Hey, and it resulted mm-hmm. in a series victory, but that's about it. Like, the, the sour taste now. in the mouth after the five games against the Panthers can, cannot be eliminated. Like, I, that's what you need to do as well as you did last year at the deadline, and it still resulted in not enough. Well, and that's the question, I think, regarding that, and I think that's a very interesting one where uh, – if of all the of all the questions you could ask Toronto GMs, and like I know everyone's right now is how close are you to Shohei? Like that is actually the question. If you could get the truth serum and get the real answer, I understand that's the one. But it's with Brad for living of how much are you looking at a, this as a year to push in versus kind of, and he would never admit this publicly, but tap dancing, biding your time until you get through next year's crunch year. 
and then no 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 but I I don't he is in the first year this is not a guy that's been it's just crazy what you're about to say this is not a guy that's been here forever this is a guy who is starting now and any trade he makes now yeah he's going to get the benefit of the doubt of if it's a player under contract having him for that time but it's also going to nuke his ability or or hamper I should say his ability to make moves at another point in this in this window, which again, I don't think Brad Living thinks he's signing up to be the GM of the lease for two and a half years. You know, I think he thinks this is a yeah. long, ongoing thing, and I think they think that as well. So that's the question I have: is just how much is he willing to put a Fraser Minton, Easton Cowan, first round pick? I don't know how much value he holds, but a Topi Niemela. How much is he willing to put some or any of those? Because guess what? If those guys are on the table. You can go get your players. Like, you can do that. You have your cap space. You do double retention. You're going to have two guys or, you know, probably one, maybe two, who are going to play World Juniors this year. Like, that proves the kind of caliber of prospect that they are. You have picks you can use at your disposal. But I do wonder if he's going to be hesitant to do that, knowing, one, that, you know, the Nylander thing, as much as we all think, I think he's coming back. I think Treliving thinks he's coming back. What's your version of a team? Like, I can see him being very of two-track minds here saying, man, if we lose Nylander this year, there's no way I'm having a better chance at this next year or the year after. But I can also see him saying, okay, I'm pretty confident we're going to get Willie signed here. This year's team is my, like, get your legs set under you year where, I, you know, you still try to win. You still build a hockey club, but, like, yeah. get your feet set. Yeah, Next year, you have the Tavares cap crunch. And then the year after that, it should all kind of open up, which is an insane thing to think. But he's going to have no. that exact thought process. No, and it's not. Listen, if I was in the same position as him. You'd be holding your powder, wouldn't you? I mean, why would you? shoot all your bullets in the first couple of months. Put yeah, your, not from the team's perspective, from his. Oh, man, because yeah. you, you put yourself closer to the middle of the crosshairs yes. immediately, too, if you're like, hey, everything's out the door for all the, the rental defensemen in Calgary. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, why would this be the year that you do that? Anyways, we'll, we'll come back around to this idea uh, at 7 o'clock uh, as we hit the Leafs again, Then we'll talk to Luke Fox after 8 o'clock. But coming up next, Yankees appear to be gearing up for a trade for Juan Soto. Where does that put the Blue Jays offseason as far as a pressure point? Uh, we'll discuss that in more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Major League Baseball winter meetings. Actually, that's the real thing. The GM meetings are a joke, okay? So much of it, so much so that they decided to cancel it with like two days left. Don't eat the sushi at the winter meetings, though. That's the problem. Get the GI bug or whatever it was. Yeah. Everybody got sick, so they're like, GM meetings don't matter anyway, so let's just go home. So that's what they did. Yeah, Scott Boris, had, he had his pun fest, and they're like, that's really the whole mm. purpose of this is just a pun fest for him. We've already seen some notable names off the board. Like Sonny Gray's near the top of the, the table when it comes to available free agents. Also speaks to the free agent class. Mm-hmm. In uh, 2023, 24, he's off the board. He's off St. Louis. Um, Cody Bellinger, Shohei Otani. 
Like, those guys could easily move next week. That would be the time frame that you would think that that would happen. I know you're going to, you know, like, oh, of course, because yeah, the Leafs are back and, like, they're playing games all the time. Yeah, well, hey, show him his time. What do you think of my Brent impression there, Bob? Give it to me one more time. Why are they like, the Leafs playing? I, uh, why, why couldn't the show have signed when they were in Sweden and not playing for two weeks? It's pretty good. All right, just basically ah, angry Leafs and then grumble about somebody not doing something to fit my personal calendar. I'm going to work on a you impression. <laughs> it's actually, <laughs> I actually think it's the opposite. It's like, yeah, I like that. I thought it was going to be hurtful, so that's good. Thank you. I have good hair. I don't like, what was I going to say? Like, yeah, like, what, what? Feels really good. Now I feel no, bad I for, for my impression. I uh, it's okay. I, I have look, lots of nice I, uh, golf no, hats. That's you. That's me? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, look, I love the Leafs and I hate most other things. So right. there you go. Anyways, winter meetings next week. Speaking of, no, I, I, I just kind of. <coughs> winter meetings. Um, you want to talk about this? I will now let you. Uh, Maybe. We're going to talk to Ben Nicholson-Smith uh, at 8.30. We'll also talk to our pal John Morosi. Getting after the BNS the up. Good for us. Yeah, well, I mean, 8.30? For yeah, but it's a, like, it's baseball slumber time. <laughs> okay, what time do you think Ben Nicholson-Smith wakes up? I don't know. Like 11 o'clock? What is he doing till all hours of the night? No, I think when you, like, once you hit 30 years old, if you're not getting up by at least 8 o'clock, my God. I don't know. You, you tell me all the time, like, oh, I love to sleep. And I guess the, my thing is, like, I sleep so little Mm-hmm. That I imagine everyone's like, you sleep. So, they, I've been yelled at my whole life, like, why are you up so early? Why? So I'm like, I guess everyone else just snooze until 11 all the time. Who knew? No, Apparently I, not. I like a good sleep in on the weekend. Till what time? Like nine. Okay, nine well, thirty. Like I don't like I'm not. I don't want to pry into the man's life and like, but like you know, I don't know. It's like he's a baseball writer in the winter. I don't know. He could sleep <laughs> until nine if he wants. I feel like. Yeah, he's grinding, okay? I'm, I know he's working. I'm just saying it could happen at 9.15. I, I guess. I don't think, again, like if you're a, a, an adult, I, I think, you, and especially considering that it's only daylight until 3.30 in the afternoon, you want to take advantage of the waking yeah, but it hours. Won't be bright until 10.15. I don't know. We're getting closer and closer to a Callowit every day here. We don't have outdoor I, windows I have, here. I, if I step away from the mic, or slide your head back. Yeah. yeah, I can. I can see it. All right. Anyways, winter meetings. To my point, <laughs> you're whatever it was. <laughs> okay, let me try and remember it. Oh yes. Okay. So one, you're seeing more and more reports about the Yankees engaging mm-hmm. with the Padres. Andy Martino of SNY has a direct report that mm-hmm. names are being exchanged between the two. Like nothing's imminent. Right. And Ken Rosenthal the other day said, like, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when the Padres trade Juan Soto because he's going to be paid more than $30 million and they needed a $50 million loan from the big bank to pay their players a season ago. And and now... Imagine the interest on that thing. and, And now that the owner who was the guy pressing the button deciding who cares about the money Mm -hmm. that I'm spending... um, I don't care. I want to win now that he has departed his mortal coil and apparently a great dude. It's sad. But, yeah, he's gone. Now that there's no, like, personal impetus for that team to spend beyond its means, yeah, they're going to start trying to trim some payroll. So Juan Soto's going to be out the door. like the Padres, you might even say. Yeah. So the Yankees actually do have the assets to consummate a Juan Soto deal. Yeah. Very much so. Like, they have guys that are... At the major league level, or like just the, touched it. This the Martian character is he employed? The I'd imagine. Martian yeah. 
Jason Dominguez, who every time I type into my phone, Jason Dominguez with the two S's, it yeah. tries to correct it to one. But there are two. Yeah, the Martian. Um, and as much as, okay, Anthony Volpe How didn't hit 300. Jason Dominguez? I, you know what? It might have been in like a notes or something. Okay. I Whatever. Again, you're trying to, you're desperately trying to derail me, but I'm going to keep plowing ahead. Anthony Volpe, well, he didn't hit 300, hit a bunch of home runs, mm -hmm. stole a bunch of bases, yep. and played good defense at a premier position. And Clark Schmidt, part of the rotation, those are valuable pieces. Totally. If the Yankees want to, they can get on, on the Juan Soto of it all. Yep. I guess maybe the Blue Jays can if it's like they, they just totally bankrupt their farm system and like the Ricky Tiedemann conversation yep. is legit. Um, but like, it would probably take more than that considering again, the, the look at the names you just listed, the right? lack of, and also the lack of available bats in free agency. Uh, this also a note out of Shai Davidi's latest blue Jays are asking for five-year commitments for anybody that wants to buy some of the new premium seating. So like the idea that, yeah, mm. the blue Jays are going to make a big splash this off season. There's, there's lots of reasons why, but I don't think that's not one of them. That is clearly that might be, that might be one. It is. Um, so yeah, Shohei Otani makes a ton of sense. And, and as, as bizarre as it, it sounded at the outset that he might choose the Toronto Blue Jays, like the reporting continues to be pretty consistent on this, that the Blue Jays are in the mix. If it's not Shohei Otani, if it's not Cody Bellinger, who, again, like the considering the top of the free agent class, who the hell is it? Because it's got to be somebody. And for my money, the path to fixing what ailed the 2023 Blue Jays is a lot more difficult to walk than the path to fixing the 2022 Blue Jays going into 2023. Let me take you back. Yeah, please. A year ago. Regalous. Blue Jays also didn't win a postseason game in the two that they had against the Seattle Mariners. I remember. But game two, they scored a bunch of runs. A lot of runs. That's right. They blew that game partly because of, I guess, outfield defense and George Springer playing center field. And I, I, I would one thing, Ben, <laughs> I would I would actually attribute, despite like some questionable decision making with the bullpen, I would attribute game two's loss a lot to just really bad luck, frankly. Um, but yeah, the problem with that team was clearly one. It was more swing and miss out of the bullpen. Maybe like I, I got to be honest with you. I didn't really think about the outfield defense being one of the major reasons that no. that team fell flat. And I know there were statistical reasons to look at the outfield defense as something that could, could help that team overall. Wasn't something I was thinking about. What I was thinking about was the thing they addressed. This really didn't feel like a serious team and all the base running mistakes. And mm -hmm. they addressed that. They addressed both things, right? Yep. Got more swing and miss out of the back end of the bullpen and kind of did both with yep. uh, the Eric Swanson, Teoscar Hernandez trade, which was also a salary dump, but they mm -hmm. brought in some free agents that yep. addressed areas of need. That was like, okay, you can understand that. And that was going into the offseason something that you could you could see the, the path to that happening. Yep. The path for the 2023 Blue Jays improving the areas that ailed them for 2024, which is one thing, really, it's offense, it's scoring runs, the rotation's good enough, the bullpen's good enough, the defense is good enough. Mm-hmm. How the hell do you do that? Considering the top end of free agency, the lack of available bats, and then the trade market, which exists. But again, everybody also is looking for bats. 
And the teams that are in the same market as you, i.e., yeah. the Yankees, have more pieces to play with, have more assets to send out the door than you do. I, it's going to be an incredible feat mm -hmm. for Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro if they don't land the big fish, mm -hmm. Shohei Otani or Cody Bellinger, mm -hmm. who I think... Mm, it's the, like uh, the re the return on investment on Cody Bellinger. I'm a little more dubious of, but but, that, but also that's a big that's like a big baseball fish. But that's not like exciting. Eh, I, the I, masses. Like Cody I mean, Bellinger. he's an MVP. No no, 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 no. Look, I'm again like I'm talking about the actual like the, this is just the difference between Shohei and everybody else yeah. when you're talking about ticket sales yeah, and sure. all of that. That's all I'm five trying to year, say. Five year, yeah, five year commitment. Yeah, it's definitely nobody's Shohei, but yeah. I, <laughs> no, but it's I, also like. There's a good, like, it's like Shohei, Soto, uh -huh. Ballinger, you know? Yeah. If the Blue Jays don't land Shohei Otani, I don't know what the path is to improving this offense. And I'm, I'm excited to sit back and watch Ross Atkins. This is where you're going to earn your cake. Okay. Can I throw something insane at you that I don't think will happen? But mm -hmm. if the Blue Jays want to make a splash of a name that people know, and the team is potentially looking to move this player... And if they have money to spend, like, is there a path to a Mike Trout trade? And that's like the last guy this team needs. I realize that in terms of like, you want to put Varsho in center, but how different is the Gabriel Moreno conversation? If Gabriel Moreno turns into Dalton Varsho, who turns into Mike Trout. And obviously it's like, and, and, and I like, I understand, but that's all of a sudden a way different conversation. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone again. I don't think that's going to happen, but if you want to think outside the box, and you're already talking about spending an astronomical amount of money, albeit mm -hmm. for a very different player. Is there anybody in baseball who is, and nobody's him, but it's like he is, he's as close as the mere mortals can get. It kind mm -hmm. of feels like in Mike Trout. I don't know. Yeah. Definitely well, worth asking Morosi. No, it's, it's not a bad thought, honestly. Thank you. That, um, honestly, for, for you to me regarding this, that's, a, that's the highest of praise. Yeah. Uh, it just depends on how much money you're, you're going to eat. Of course. On that's that. the whole conversation. And, and I, I don't. I think the Angels are keeping their powder dry because I think they're that Shohei might just say, "Hey, I'm comfortable here and return." Like there's, they, they are still. I gotta be they're honest. They're in the like. You look at the betting odds for yeah. Shohei Otani's next thing. The Angels are still in there, but once he officially departs, because you can't just you can't trade no, Mike Trout no, no, before no, no. Shohei decides officially. Not. But once he departs, I think absolutely the next step for them is like, all right, again, deck cleaning. We're done. Deck wait. power washing. Yeah, we're. Shuffling, they're no, know, no, no. We're we're clearing and then cleaning. I think they're just gonna burn down the deck. To be perfectly honest, where do you stand then? I don't know. All right, you know, at the bottom of the standings, like they will <laughs> when this is all said and done. All right, we'll talk uh, about that and more with John Rossi of MLB Network uh, coming up next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.